Hello, welcome to the Georgia High School Football Chat Podcast with your hosts, Smitty and Banks, where culture is for coaches. Georgia. 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 Welcome back. It's the Georgia High School Football Chat Podcast with Smitty and Banks, a.k.a. the Culture for Coaches, Coaches Show. I am one half of your dynamic duo, Coach Travis Smith, my partner in crime, Coach Banks. What's going on, Banks? Man, I'm good, Travis. I'm excited about today's show because, again, this is the Georgia High School Football Chat. And one of the things that we talked about is I want every head coach of a college in the state of Georgia to come on the show yep. because high school coaches listen to this show. We average about – 150 downloads on a Friday. So, you know, last year we was able to get Georgia State and Georgia Tech and Morehouse on here. So now we got another college coach that's in this state on here, Mm -hmm. and it's important that the coaches hear this. So I'm I'm really pumped, brother. I'm really pumped. Me too, man. And and I think think this is the coach's first uh, interview. So, so you get the exclusive right here on the Georgia <laughs> High School Football Chat Podcast, man. So we definitely appreciate you. Without further ado, man, we introduce our guest for tonight, the head coach at the Valdosta State University, Coach Tremaine Jackson. What's going on, Coach? Coach, man, I'm 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 elated to be here. Excited about it, man. I thank you guys for having me on here. Can't wait to, to chat it up a little bit. Well, appreciate it, man. First of all, congratulations on the job. Uh, being the first black head coach at a program like Valdosta State, man, that's that's not that's not a small feat, man. You you to be you ought to be commended for that, man. Definitely looking forward to seeing what you're gonna do with the program. Um, for 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 our listeners who may not know about you, coach, won't you tell us a little bit about you? You know your journey and how you ended up at Valdosta State. Yeah, so to know me, you got to know my my upbringing a little bit and and uh, where I'm from. I'm originally from Houston, Texas, born and raised. Uh, played at Waltrip High School, went to school at uh, Louisiana Monroe, and and played at Texas Southern as well. And uh, man, it, it doesn't seem like 17 years ago, but 17 years ago, I got into coaching. Uh, and I'm going into my 17th season, and uh, when I first got in, coach, I'm raised by my grandma, and so I told my grandma, man. I just want to go and, and be a D-line coach and just, you know, give back what was given to me when I was a player. And uh, I look up and go, man, I, I've been D-line coach, a coordinator, and now to be a head coach and to be a head coach at a place like Valdosta State is, uh, it didn't, it didn't, you couldn't, I couldn't have wrote it better myself in the beginning. And so I'm very, very grateful to be here. You certainly understand where we are in the state of Georgia with the high school football and just the talent level in general around this area. And in this state, uh, we also understand the, the task that we have being at Valdosta State uh, and the winning tradition that was started here well before me. So we look to enhance and, and make that better, uh, do our part in, in making the, the program better. And uh, Man, can't wait to do it and get our guys on the field. So it's an exciting time for Definitely, Coach, and you hit the ground running, man. I, I, I watched your, your, your introductory press conference, man, and, and full of energy, man. You had, you had people in the state excited about uh, the new direction that Bethel State's going in. Coach, we, uh, my first question for you, Coach, we were in a time as, in, in the high school sector, man. We've seen a lot of coaches lead the profession. 
for various reasons, you know, whether they just burnt out or whether, you know, the money ain't right. And, you know, and uh, we, we talk a lot about, about your why, you know, most of us as coaches, we have a why for why we do it, man. Won't you tell us a little bit, man, what is your why? And, you know, what is, why coach? Why, why, what was it yeah. that made you decide you wanted to be a football coach? Man, I, I've been, I've been wanting to do this since I was in middle school. I've, I had some very influential coaches, guy named Ernest Carswell. I remember very vividly. He was my seventh and eighth grade football coach. He played at Alabama state. He, uh, he really is the guy that, that, it was a group of guys I grew up with. He kind of showed us that we could use the foot, the game of football and get school paid for and just create this life that not a lot of our guys that we were seeing graduate in our neighborhood, they were getting, they wasn't getting what he was talking about. And so we kind of grasped to him. And again, I'm, I'm raised by my grandma, single parent. Uh, he was like my dad and my coach. And so he gave so much. And then when I got to high school, a guy named Van Malone was at Kansas State right now. He was my high school coach and spent weekends at his house. And, man, he was like my father. And so when I really thought about what do you want to do, man, I wanted to do what was done for me. Man, he, Ernest Carswell, Van Malone, man, them guys gave so much to me. They gave me a vision on what life could look like outside of what I was seeing every day. So they gave me hope. And uh, I believe the good Lord put those men in my life, man, to help my life. And so I wanted to go back and give to the young versions of Tremaine Jackson. Um, and so I got any coach with no money. I mean, A&M Kingsville offered me a room and a position group. And, and man, every now and then we'd give you a car to go recruit. I was in it. And because I was able to give back the tools that were given to me to those guys in that room. And so, it, that's that was my why. Man, I got in it to to give back, and so I didn't. I never knew money would be like it is right now, seventeen years ago. So I never, I never said, "Hey, this is the money I want to make." And it never was about that. It was just about giving back to a group of players. And so I tell people all the time, football, in sports in general, but especially football, it's the only sport where you gotta you gotta turn water into wine every year. You start off in January with water. Don't know who your players are. Don't you think this guy can step in for that guy? And you go through the spring and summer and then in the fall, you gotta have wine. Well, that's life. That's life for me, man. You gotta you start off with water, not knowing what your life gonna be like, so you can eventually have wine later on in life. And I like being a part of that that process and giving back. So for me, that's the fun in uh, the X's and O's excite me. Yeah, I like seeing people get knocked out and, and hit, being physical, but I really like seeing men grow, man. So I'm in it to mentor men, and as long as I can do that, I'm having the best time of my life. De definitely understand that, Coach. Uh, uh, sound a, a lot like my story, you know, um, my why of why I got into it. Had some guys that poured into me, man, and, and coaching was an opportunity for me to pay it forward and, yep. and, 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 and return the favor. Yeah, Coach, I think, um, you know, that quote going to get stolen from me, Coach. I'm going to try to hold on to after the show drop. But uh, I'm going to tell Coach, every year, man, the job is to turn water into wine. Yep. And, you know, Coach, you, you talked about um, – I had a – you know, we we had spoken before. I believe I was the head coach at uh, Newton High School. And, and, you know, me being able to be a member of the Minority Coaches Association with Amaya Tinker, Dr. Tinker, um, 
Lord. We met somewhere and we had a good conversation. So I had a chance to meet you and, and get to know a little bit about why you did stuff. So when Twitter kind of went crazy this weekend over a video you had, I told some coaches, y'all got to look deeper than that if you haven't met Coach. Mm-hmm. And so, Coach, what I know is a high school coach, been a head coach for the last 10 years. You guys got a balance. It's a delicate balance between the portal and high school recruit. It is what it is. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's in the portal. Shoot. Nick Saban probably took five of the best players off opposing teams to get up for Bama to try to get back to the championship. For you, I'm going to ask that question because everybody want to know. Mm-hmm. And I know it's hard, but what is that dance got to be like for you being able to feel needs at Vidalsa State? Because the expectation in this day is you better get a ring, Coach, because no. that's how you play football. And, and that you build long-term when you get kids that know your system. Or I'm going to ask that question later, but as you say, make a dog. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance that? You know, saying as a head coach, everybody else Yeah, coach, I'm glad you asked, and I, I do remember that meeting very vividly, where we we discussed a lot of issues in that man, and and uh, a lot of things that we discussed there are starting to happen for us today. Um, and so, here's what I tell people: Division two football, regardless of what conference you're in, regardless of where you are in the country, it is really, really good football. Like a lot of people don't know that. And I know you guys know because you you've seen the different brands, but when you hear division two, when you naturally hear something is second, you instantly think a step down. There's some kids playing in division two football that couldn't wasn't division one eligible, but very well could be at your Bamas, could be at your Syracuse's and your Clemson's, but because of one reason or another. They might have got overlooked. They might have got, you know, this this or whatever might have happened. They might not have had the grades or whatever. Uh, so we see those guys every week. And I've coached Division Two in the Midwest, which is strong. I've coached it out west, which is getting better. And then now when you get down here in the southeast, in what we call the SEC of Division Two, the Gulf South Conference, man, you better have you some folks. You better have you some folks that can go get it. So for me, what we try to do is recruit a high school base, but also recruit a base to help grow those guys up. It wouldn't be right to put an 18-year-old against West Florida's 24-year-old. That's just, that. that's the nature of the beast. Now, maybe he can hold up, but we can't do that across the board. So because of this whole craze, uh, transfer portal versus high school, we have to be as 50-50 as we can be. Now, there's another component that goes into that. Valdosta State, people know what we are. People know how many championships we played for, and people know how many we won. So they automatically assume that we're like Georgia of Division II from a resource standpoint, and we're not. So that video in particular, I put that video out because we're not flying kids in. We don't have the resources for that. We decided, and I decided, to go where the players are. Let them know that we are really interested because here's what here's what transfer players do. And I'm a transfer, so it's near and dear to my heart. Transfer players go to your website, find out 
who you signed, how many games you won, and if you made the playoffs. When you're talking about Division Two, well, when they go to our our uh, website, they're gonna see that we signed 27 high school kids. Well, in a in a player's mind, they might not have no more money left at Valdosta State because they signed so many transfer players. So we, I decided to say, no, we got money left. And right now at this moment in juncture, here's who we're looking for to fill some needs that we that we have. And so it's 50-50 depending upon the timing. You're not going to see a video with me in November because we're looking for high school kids. But Division One has a, a, a first signing day, second signing day. Coach, if I spend all my time recruiting kids in May through October and for him to get to uh, December and go to Wofford, go to Kennesaw, then I just wasted my time and my resources. So what we do is see who maybe didn't sign, see who came to camp that really likes us and maybe we're just competing against other Division twos, And then we got to hold on to that kid. Kid commit to us in August. We got to hold on to that kid in February. Problem we have at Valdosta State, we, when we offer you, the one double A's offer you too. We're in a battle right now with every time we offer a kid, whether he be high school, transfer, or junior college, then here come some of these FCS schools that Twitter watch and see who we offer. Well, they got a full scholarship that they're dealing with. We're dealing with a dollar a month. And so we've had to be very intentional on, on when the time is for recruiting who. And that's why it's 50-50. My calendar is 50-50. Here's our high school time. We're about to go out and spring recruit uh, right now, and 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 it's for high schools. We don't spring recruit for transfers, but we we were. There's a lot of kids in that portal that that might not have had the opportunity. They're in there from last season, and and the portal is so overloaded until we've been able to come up on some kids that can actually help Valdosta State. That's from the area, and they just might not have thought Valdosta State was interested because of who we are. So we we tried to kill two birds with one stone, and uh, and you know in, in terms of that video, I hate it. it. It the intention was not to say we don't recruit high school players because that's not true. We we really do. Uh, we do understand that that's the foundation. And why wouldn't we in a talent rich state like Georgia? Coach, coach, that that's appreciate the explanation. I think that that'll that'll put a lot of coaches at ease. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure you found out really quick how the the, the fraternity of coaches in this state. And how coaches kind of, you know, are, are, are sensitive about uh, because they put a lot of work in trying to get, you know, going to bat for their kids and, and you know, just expounding on that on that question a little bit. You know, I, and I, I'm sure you can understand the frustration that coaches are having um, where you got, you know, coaches working, 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 trying to get their kids in school um, and and. And we all knew it was going to happen when the pandemic, first you had the pandemic hit, you know, and then, you know, you had the, the portal kind of blowing up a little bit. And then you also had NCAA grant that extra year of eligibility. So we knew what was going to happen from, from the jump. Coaches, any coach that was paying attention knew that there was going to be a three to five year window where high school co high school kids had to suffer, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, you got kids who, or coaches who would who would normally be able to get kids into to division twos and one double A, you know, because you know, as high school coaches, all of us don't have that the power five guy. You know, you mm -hmm. might have one or two of those every five or ten years. But for the but most of us will have 
those D2s, those 1AA's, those NAI. We have those guys, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, it can be very frustrating. So I say all of that is to ask this, what advice would you have for high school coaches as far as fighting the portal and still getting their kids the exposure needed to try to get them into not, not just division two, but those one double A's or even those NAIAs in, in, in lower school. Here's, here's what I will tell you, coach, exactly what I told the, the, the high school visitors we had in January. It, what you said is exactly right, man. There's, but there's a backlog. Of, of great players, not just good players. Mm-hmm. There's some great players that have gotten passed over. And, and in my opinion, we've been able to find some of those and sign them because of this backlog, high school players I'm talking about. So here's what we told them when they came on a visit. It used to be where you could come on, you could take five visits and me as a, as a college coach, especially in division two, I'd have to come to your school in January. I'd have to come the next week after you went on the visit to this other school. I'd have to really call the high school coach and go, coach, man, we really want him. Don't let him go to so-and-so. And then at the end, the week, the, the Sunday before signing day, the kid tells me, yeah, coach, I'm either coming to Valdosta State or I'm going to school X, Y, and Z. Now, my grandma used to say, it ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. <laughs> and so now it's turned even for Division II coaches. If we bring you on a visit to Valdosta State, Coach, you better have your mind made up. Mm -hmm. If you like VSU, because when you leave, once you meet with me and we offer you what we're going to offer you, when you leave, the business says, I got to have a guy. So I don't have four or five weeks on making sure you're okay, everything's okay. Mm -hmm. We need to know. And I, I told the kids that we had here in January for that one weekend, When your rubber meets the road outside, I can't promise you that that scholarship is going to still be the same, especially with the place that we're at. And so we're holding everybody off. This is our, this is your time right now, but you can't, you got to have somewhat of your mind made up. So the advice I would give you is to get, have those kids come to a place that they might be interested in well before that January time. We had a junior day. April the 8th, in in reference to our spring game. We did it with our spring game so players could come and see the caliber of player that we have. And they can get all the information. That way, when we recruit them, they have that also stayed in their mind. They've seen us. They've seen us coach. Everything that you would want to know, we tried to give it to you in a day. Because when you get back in January, when we bring you on that official, we ain't going to have time for you to to think about it. It's kind of like when I took the job. Mr. Reinhardt said, uh, do you want to think about it or pray about it? I said, no, nah, man, I prayed when I got on the plane. I said, Lord, if they offer me this job, I'm taking it. <laughs> and, and that's where we are now in college football. Unfortunately, the high school player does not get a lot of time to make a decision. So when you don't get a lot of time to make a decision, you got to have some facts on the front end. So if I'm a high school coach right now, man, I try to get those kids as many facts as they can and being realistic, hey, I see you at X, Y, and Z. You need to go check them out on junior day. People think camps have started to become like this money maker. Yeah, camps make money. But at our camp, we're really going to evaluate guys that we want to offer. And so our coaches know when they go out, get the kids here that the coach said is, 
is a can play in the Gulf South Conference. Not just a D2 kid, but a kid that can play in the Gulf South Conference. Let's get him evaluated by change of direction and let's see him move around. And so uh, that I think that's where we are now, and that's what high school players have to do. And uh, and if I was a high school coach, that's kind of what I'd tell them. Coach, it's it's gonna require just it's gonna require high school coaches to to become better evaluators ourselves too, uh, because you know you really gotta you got you gotta understand, like you said, the quality of kids that are at these schools, and and what 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 we used to think was a quality D two kid, ain't, it ain't it ain't the case anymore, you know. So you gotta be even better, and we and we have to do a good job of evaluating our own kids to know what kind of situation they'll prosper in. The the D2 kid is now the FCS kid. That that's really what it yep, is. Pretty it's, much. It's the FCS kid and and especially in the line play. I I, I totally agree with that coach you talking about evolving, you know, I had this issue um and like you said with line play, I got a kid that normally this year would have been a FCS kid in any normal year. He's taking a PWO offer simply because, again, at 18, yeah, he's 6'2", 250. But it's um, 6'3", 285 with three years left um, with, with, with babies and children that were in the portal. So those schools took those kids because, as you said, it's a way of life. Normally, a school would have took that kid and built it. But the, the schools that were looking at him say, hey, coach, I can get this kid for three more years. I'm going to ride with him, you know, and, and that's big. Mm-hmm. Now, coach, my, my question comes, I'm, one of the things I love about you, coach, and, and it's going to be hard for me to say this because I'm an alpha, my partner is a sigma, and here you go as an omega talking about your philosophy is about dog. Um, but I love the acronym, coach. I love what it stands for. And, you know, that's one thing that me and Travis talk about all the time because my acronym and my school coaches pay the fee. And my big three things are finish, energy, and effort. And here you come with dogs, and those three things, three three initials mean something. Can you expound on what that means for the Vidalsa State players, what it means to be a dog, and how you make sure they get what you're looking for? Yeah, I'll tell you this, Coach. Dog actually came from high school coaches. Dog came from places that we were recruiting because, um, you know, everybody has a dog for us to evaluate. And so I'm a D-line coach by trade. Like, I just – things are just what they are. Hey, man, we're going to go out here and get hit in the face every day. We got to get off blocks. So when I became a head coach, we were in the pandemic, and I was like, Everybody's got a dog for it. What is that? Like, because there's different types of dogs, right? Like, there's Chihuahuas. We don't want none of them. We we want the all-black pit with the white stripe, the tough-looking dog, right? And then when you think about dog, it already has a sense of toughness to it, right? So we were sitting around one day, and I said, listen, man, I think it's really clear or really uh, beneficial that you that you tell us or that we tell these players exactly what it takes to be one of us, okay? And so here's what it takes to be one of us. You have to be disciplined. We want guys that are going to do what we say we're going to do. Man, we're going to class. That's the first thing we do. We're going to class. 
We're going to eat the right nutrition. We're going to go the right way on the play call. We're going to do discipline. We're not going to get personal fouls. We're going to do disciplined things. So we, we need guys that are disciplined. We want guys that are going to be obedient. Uh, we want guys that are going to submit and comply with the authority for the greater good of the team. That's the definition of obedience. And, and we've been taught as men that the word submission is a weak word, right? We need guys to fully submit, meaning less of themselves and be more of us. So I want guys that's going to submit and comply. I think we went through a social injustice period where we saw we needed more. Everybody came together. Everybody was less of themselves. They committed to a vision and a goal and for the greater good of the overall team. Well, that's what we need on our football team. And then grit is simply, we define it as passion and perseverance for long-term and meaningful goals. If you can't, if you don't have any grit, you can't play college football, especially not if at Austin State. We bring you in January 7th, keep you here all spring, keep you here all summer on you, on your dime, because we can't pay for you to stay here on, in the summer. And then we play football from August to December. Man, you better have some passion and perseverance for, for that long-term and meaningful goal. Also, what we found with grit is not a lot of college students in general have grit. That's why people do two years and quit. They do three years, it, it, you know, they get tired, it ain't working out, and they quit. So in order to be one of us, you got to be a dog. You got to be disciplined. You got to be obedient. You got to have a lot of grit. And, and for me, it makes it really easy when coaches say, what are you looking for? Man, him being a good football player, you're going to give me the good football player because you know I got to win. But here's, Coach, here's what I really need, man. I need a kid that do what you tell him to do because in our program, Coach, we don't ask players. We tell them. We tell them exactly what to do. Not one time do we go, hey, hey, bro, can you, uh, if you feel like it, can you run this route at 12 and then stick it on the outcut? We go, hey, man, the route is at 12 and we run the outcut. Do what we tell you to do. And so because we're like that, we needed those three ingredients along with the natural toughness of dog. And, and man, we show our kids a picture of a dog. Uh, we, show, we show video. We do a lot of stuff to try to ingrain that in them because they can relate to it being tough. And so that's what we need. And, and no matter what kid we're talking about, uh, and when we talk to their coach, man, if he don't fit those three things, our coaches will say, coach, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, because it, it just ultimately won't work out. And Coach Banks, what we really found out is by doing that, the program will weed those who can't survive. It'll weed them out. It'll get them completely out of our program. They just can't, they, they can't make it. And Or if they're close and on the fringe, then another dog in the program will help that dog out. And last but not least, like I told my grandma, Coach, you can't keep a good dog down. At no time, at no time are we ever out. And that's just the dog mentality. And so that that's worked really good for us. Um, we got it on T-shirts, Coach. Our, our guys, man, they've really bought into that, you know, wherever we've been. And, and it's been awesome just to watch them work that way. Coach, I'm 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 not coaching anymore, man, but I'm 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 my mind is spinning right now trying to find a way to spin it. And, and make it work for my current role uh, in education. Uh, that dog, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stickler for discipline, man. And yep. Everything you just said is, 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 is what I try to live by and what I try to, what I tried to coach by as well. You know, um, uh, for all our coaches that are listening, man, I, I, I advise you to let your kids hear 
Uh, if you don't even let them hear anything but that segment of that answer that uh, Coach Jackson just gave us, man, where he just pretty much told you what all colleges are really looking for, you know, but especially down uh, in Valdosta. Coach, we um we we have a a, a a listening base of high school coaches, man. Some who 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 want to get to the next level. When I say next level, get to the collegiate level. What advice would you have for them? Uh, as far as what they could be doing right now to help them get to that get to that level, they may not be head coaches. We've seen several, for you know, former head coaches in our state, you know, be successful as head coaches and then make that jump to the next level. But they may not be head coaches. They may be really good position coaches who are who are looking for that opportunity to get to the next level. What advice would you have for those coaches? Man, uh, don't don't quit on you know. Figure out your where you want to be. I think it's really important that guys figure out where they want to be. And, uh, man, I've been very, very blessed to be around the Minority Coaches Association of Georgia. Um, you know, what, 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 I, it's Dr. Tinker now, but uh, what, what Doc is doing, man, and, and the rest of the guys, Coach Banks, what you guys are doing, man, is, is awesome in getting guys prepared to take the next step. Uh, and I know we work with with the association on some things with another group that I'm with. So, one, I think guys need to figure out what level they want to be on. Everybody wants to coach Power Five. Everybody want to make half a million dollars coach DBs. That That's it, it, cool. Uh, but I think there are some levels where you can go coach and recruit. And because we're in a state like Georgia that has a lot of talent in it, uh, college coaches are interested in being in the state of Georgia and branching their tentacles in recruiting into this state, whether they're in state, if they're in state, it's no brainer. If they're out of state, they everybody wants to break in and, and get some of this talent out of here. Um, I think you you gotta figure out what level works for you. If you want to go power five, then you got a GA most more than likely. If you're not a head coach in this state already, um, you know, if you want to go D two, we're looking for graduate assistants and restricted earning coaches. Uh, you just there will be a financial sacrifice the lower level you go. And you got to be prepared to take that. But I think if you have a plan on how to how to establish yourself, you know, people say be where your feet are. I believe in that. But I also think you ought to start with the end in mind too. And you ought to know where it is you're trying to go so you can constantly work to get there. And uh, man, I think guys need to need to figure that out, get there. And then when they get there, never stop networking. Never stop learning and growing and, and making yourself better. Cause sometimes we, we have a tendency as men to get to a certain spot and take a breath, man. Don't take a breath. I, I always wanted to be a head coach at a top five D2 institution. I still haven't taken a breath because now that I'm here, it's about staying here. And so you are always fighting and, and trying to get better, you know, in whatever you do. So I would tell them to figure it out where they want to be and then try to work to get there. And, and once they get there, just network your tail off, man. Make sure make sure you're doing the right things. And then do right by your players. Do right by the players that you have. You'll be surprised, especially on this level, but I know it's like this probably in high school too. Them players, they'll get you another job or they'll, they'll get you not another job uh, just by the way you treat them. And the word, when the word gets out on you as a coach, especially in a position room, man, it's – it, it can go good or bad. And so, uh, but then don't let the game pass you by you. Stay sharp on this game. This game keeps going round in circles. You know, keep, stay sharp on the game. Be an expert at your position. 
and uh, and keep the faith, man. That's a big deal around here. Keep the faith, know who you are, and and uh, you'll get to where you want to go. So, Coach, we uh we we implemented a new segment on the show. We call it a couple new segments actually. We call this one the Culture Check. Uh, mm-hmm. you been you, when did you get the bet off the coach? Uh, January the fifth, I touched down. January fifth, you got the bet off. So, and and you've been running and grinding ever since. Uh, so the, the, on the culture check, coach, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the culture of your program uh, within the four and a half months that you've been able to 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 to, to get working? Yeah, I would say we're at about a, a six, coach. Um, I just had exit meetings last week, and uh, to hear those guys come in, you, I got a senior class that has won fifty five games and only lost three, hmm. and so. These guys know what it looks like playing two national championship games and, and a couple of undefeated seasons in there. So these guys know what it looks like. And, uh, man, those the way they've come in and bought into what we're doing, I think is nothing short of amazing. Our kids were really resilient. Uh, for some of them, I'm their third head coach. And this is their fourth offensive system. And, you know, we haven't had the same defense coach for the same semester in two years. And so this spring will be the first time we carry over a defense into the, the same defense into the fall. Um, man, they bought in. And the only reason why I wouldn't give us higher than that is because we still got the nucleus of guys coming in in, in August that they, they have to buy in. They got a shorter time to buy in. Uh, but right now, I would think we're six and, and holding steady, looking to get better every day. You know, Coach, I, you know, I, I love, you know, kind of what you're saying. And them guys – got adversity to handle, man. Like you said, I didn't think about it like that. But I'll say there's won a lot of games, but it's been a lot of different things. And so that's um that's different. So I, I think that's uh that's huge that you know you're doing well. And that proves the point more like you saying the right culture wins games with kids. Um and and, and high school coaches need to hear that um a lot. Now, Coach, this, this segment here is basically rapid fire. I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to give answers. High school coaches, this is what we call the, the, the stuff we debate that matters, but do it really matter? And we always do particular about it as head coaches. So I know you got strong opinions because even me as a head coach, I got strong opinions, and my sisters always give me their opinions on it. So I'm going to give you a topic. You just quickly give me the answer. So the first thing I got for you coach, is this. Game day, coach. What kind of socks y'all wearing at Vidal State? Black, white, team colors, no socks. You don't care. What's the team socks like on game day at Vidal State? We're wearing black socks. Unless we're in all white, then we'll wear white socks. Woo, love it. Coach, Um, you don't really have this uh, problem. I would ask a high school coach when his kids were to school on Fridays. But I'm going to ask you this question. What do your boys wear when they enter the stadium at home on Saturday? Um, when you pull up to that stadium, they also are on the bus. What do they have to have when they get off the bus when you guys are away on the road? They'll have on a, uh, a travel suit with a T-shirt on and the same shoes. Love it, Coach. Coach, your favorite pregame meal. And I know, you know, you play, you play – and one, four, and seven. So, but it don't matter, Coach. If you could pick your favorite pregame meal, what would it be? 
Oh man, I I I am accustomed to that chicken breast and that pasta before that game. If I don't have that chicken breast and that pasta, because I'm I'm looking around, man, and I'm I'm trying to figure out what how it's gonna be today. So that's been like that for me my whole life. So I, I keep it simple. Same thing, chicken breast and pasta. I got the coach. Um, my next question for you, coach, is do, what do, what do your boys wear underneath their pads during the game? I don't care, coach. I don't. Some of them got on t-shirts. Some of them like to go no no nothing underneath. This generation a little finicky with that. <laughs> like we used to all have a little cut off half shirt, and that did. That was a big deal back in two thousand, man. But this this generation a little finicky. So I just tell them, as long as it's Valdosta State. They good with me. Man, Coach, that's it, man. And, you know, it's amazing, you know, how often us as high school co- – oh, one more question, Coach. If you have one more, five My last question for you, did, Coach. The game started at 4 o'clock, Coach. What time is the first group going out? The game started at 4. What time are you sending that first group out? Because I'm, I'm sending the first group out at 2.45. Okay. I'm sending them out at 2.45. Now, that's different for me, Coach, because, you know, I'm a lineman. I've never been out in the first group. And so (laughs) when I I became a head coach, they was like, well, what time the first group out? I went, man, I don't care. I just know them bigs coming out at 05. That game started at 4 at 3.05, them bigs walking out there. And that's – I come out with the bigs still even as a head coach. I love that, Coach. I love that. I love that after that, Coach. No, we it's it's a cool deal, man. It's really cool. I'm honored to be the head coach here, bro. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know, man. It's it's a it's a true honor to be around these boys every day and to be able to pour into them every single day. And so we're gonna do right by that. I uh, I'm I'm excited about just being here. Well, 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 coach, this man, we definitely excited for you too, man. This has been a a, a great interview, man. Love talk. We can we can we can talk. For, for hours and hours coaching. I'm pretty sure we're going to get you back on or and even off the show, we're going to keep the conversation going. Yeah. But uh, this next question is what we call our finisher. It's our final question for you, Coach. Then we're going to let you off the hot seat. Right. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it simply states, uh, what is one thing that you're doing at Valdosta that you would advise other coaches to start doing? If you had to hang your hat on one particular thing. Yeah, I would I would say the thing that I think we do a really good job of is really digging in and finding out our players' core, where they're from, uh, who they grew up with, and then what issues that they're having. Every Friday we meet with our kids. Uh, we call it an academic checkup, but it's really just a well-being check too. Mm-hmm. And you would be surprised the things that have come out of those meetings, just checking on a guy. Uh, often on Fridays, my office is full of kids and we don't, we got one rule when you come to my office, it can't be about football. Don't talk to me about no X and O. Uh, come in here and talk to me about something that's happening to you as a man. And, um, and so we do those well-being checks, man. If you're not doing them, you know, it, I would suggest you would, you do, uh, because we get so enamored with the ball until sometimes, sometimes we lose sight of the people. And especially for high school coaches, they're 14 to 18. We got them 18 to 22, 17 to 24, whatever it might be. These guys go through a lot of stuff. You know, the mama sometimes pulling on them. They're trying to take care of their families at early ages. I can only imagine how it is for high school coaches. 
And so these guys, they need mentorship. And so I would, I think we do a really good job at that. And we look to get better at that as the years go. Mm. Bang, that's another one though. Coach, we all, we talk a lot about uh, transformational coaches and transactional coaches and the difference between the two. That's another one of those transformational answers right there, Bank. Yes, sir. Uh, 100%. Yeah, another one of those transformational uh, uh, answers. Well, Coach, man, we appreciate you for joining us, for taking – we know you're busy. Take, appreciate you for taking some time out to talk with us, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing what you got going on at Bad Austin. Uh, may have to make some trips down there myself, man. Come on. Kick it with you, kick it with you. Well, that's been another episode, another exciting episode of Georgia High School Football Chat Podcast with Smitty and Banks. Uh, we want you to keep the dialogue going. You uh, On Twitter, you can follow the chat at Georgia High School Football Chat. You can follow myself, Coach Travis Smith, at underscore Coach T. Smith. Banks, how can they keep up with you? T. Banks, 1906. And don't forget, you got to drop that. Oh, yeah, the book is out, man. 101 plays of the power spread. If you ain't got that book, I don't know what you're sleeping on. It's the best time to get it, coaches. It's the all season. Basically, you name a play of the power spread, I got variations. Find you about four or five to use for the upcoming season. Put it in your back pocket, win some ball games. Unless you play in Green County, then don't use none of that. Uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> There we go. Coach, we, we're a culture podcast. Now, we don't talk a lot about X's and O's, but we got to make sure my boy get an opportunity to plug his book. Coach, uh, I might get it. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, Coach how, how can our listeners keep up with you in the Valdosta State program? Yeah, our, our football Twitter is, is Valdosta State FB. Uh, and then my personal Twitter is at CoachJack212. Uh, we're all over the social media, probably. <laughs> probably more than people are used to us doing that. So it's easy to keep up with our program, but we've got such great kids until we're trying to get them exposure. And so that's the way to keep up with us over here down in Valdosta, Georgia. If you're down here, come see us. Come see us. Stop by the field house and come on and see us. No doubt. I highly recommend it, Coach. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going get, to get a lot of positive feedback, man, and you're going to get a lot of coaches interested in coming down to kick it with you guys, man. So uh, appreciate, appreciate you guys for listening, man. Been another great episode of the Georgia High School Football Chat Podcast with Smitty and Banks, where culture is for coaches. Thank you for tuning in to the Georgia High School Football Chat Podcast, where culture is for coaches. Continue the conversation on Twitter at G-A-H-S-F-B Chat. We on the grind in Georgia all the time. It ain't nothing on my mind, but Georgia.